Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ohio Huntsman podcast. On today's show, it's uh, that time of year, we're going to talk about shed hunting. It's shed season, getting out there and looking for shed antlers. But before we get into that, we got to talk about our sponsors. And sponsor of this show is Monster Whitetail Grub. So Monster Whitetail Grub is an Ohio company that makes awesome deer feed products. We've been testing this product. Jeff's been testing it out at his place and the stuff works amazing. It, uh, it, it just works. It brings deer in. One of the things I really like about it is it's not just corn. It's got all different kinds of feed in there and it's actually got mineral mixed into it. So even after the, what I'll call the physical feed is gone, the mineral has worked down into the soil and it continues to bring the deer in. So I don't know, Jeff, did you have anything you wanted to add about monster whitetail grub? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I went and checked the site that I was, uh, baiting using the monster whitetail grub last weekend, the previous weekend, all of the, all that you could see of the bait was gone. All the whole mixture was gone. Basically a couple of scraps um, but I checked the trail camera and there's still deer coming in, you know, pawing at the dirt, trying to just get whatever they can of it, you know. So even after the it's gone, they're still coming back trying to find it. Yeah. So we basically can't say enough good things about this stuff. It, it just it just works. So if you're looking for a feed product to get your deer through the winter, help them start off next season higher on the food chain, if you will, higher nutritionally, then check out Monster Whitetail Grubs. Look them up on Facebook. Look them up on Instagram. They're Monster Whitetail Grub. There'll be links to their pages in the show notes. And we just really appreciate them sponsoring the show. So with that, any updates you guys have? Anything interesting you want to tell before we get into the, the shed hunting? Anything we need to catch up on? I don't think so. Nothing on my end. Yeah, I don't think I have anything. I haven't, unfortunately, I haven't been out in the woods. But, um, Jeff, I do have a question for you, kind of going back to the sponsor. How does it do with the coon? I know we had, we had asked him if he had issues when we, you know, were talking to him about coon getting into it. And earlier, when it was super cold, you said the coon weren't bothering it, but you thought, you know, you wanted to wait till it warmed up. How does it, yeah, when- I know that's my that's my issue I have when I just put normal corn down is the raccoons eat it all. Yeah. When it did get warmer, uh, the raccoons did start to get into it, but not as much as I've noticed, you know, I've seen with corn in the past, but kind of seemed like they kind of came up to it. They ate a little, but would kind of get frustrated because they couldn't shovel it in fast enough and would move on. You know, so there was raccoon eating it, but it wasn't like a pile of corn where a raccoon will sit there all night and eat it, you know, just chow right, down. Right, right. Because there's so. nothing more frustrating than pulling your card and seeing nothing but a family of coon eating the entire bag of corn. Right, yeah, yeah. I would say it's much more effective at keeping, you know, keeping the coons out than uh, a bag of corn is. Cool. That's all good. But no, I don't have anything from the field. I haven't had cameras out. I wish I would have kind of going into our topic today. A little have a little bit of anecdotal information, but we'll yeah. just go off history. Well, and before we get into that, I do have, I wanted to just make people aware. I saw today that the 
proposed regulation changes for the 2019 season have been released by the ODNR. So this is your opportunity or coming up at the open house events that they're going to have in March. I don't remember the exact date, but they're sometime in March and, and we'll be posting about them and letting you guys know on our social pages. But that's your opportunity to have your voice heard on the proposed changes. So if you like it, let them know. If you don't like it, let them know. But that's your opportunity to, instead of just, you know, shouting on Facebook or something, that's that's the right way to kind of get your voice heard. So yeah. proposed right. regulation we, changes are out there. Yeah, and I'll, also, I'll post a link also, to that stuff. Okay. And we also posted today, because with last week's episode, we caught a lot of feedback. So we did post today also a list of meetings that are basically, from what I can see, intended for kind of like comment period and hunter feedback on different things that you think are going on or not going on with the ODNR. So, I mean, check that out. We posted a link of all the sites for each area of the state, um, just coming straight from the ODNR website. Again, same, same idea. If you have a gripe or a question or a concern with anything that they're doing or not doing for our wildlife, you've got to let them know and you've got to let them know in a forum that they're going to listen to. I mean, posting on Facebook, I hate to say it, but the ODNR doesn't serve Facebook to see what we think. Yep. And there's actually some pretty cool uh, changes that uh, were proposed in this most recent one. Um, I don't know if you guys got a chance to look through it. Um, I, I just browsed through it quickly. Yeah, but the the ones that I found most exciting was that they're proposing that you can have your deer and turkey tags digitally. You know, you no that. longer need to print them, which is helpful. And then the other one that's really helpful is you no longer need to put a like a temp tag on the animal as long as you're physically with it saw that as well yeah and the one thing i'm not sure of is like the wording was how is the electron like if you have a tag electronically once you check it then what like do you need to then at that point print it out and fill the tag out or like how does it work do you know jeff i think you just need to i mean i i don't know but by the way I was understanding it, you know, once you check that deer, you just need that number. You know, your however was it, twelve, eighteen? Eighteen digit. Yeah, it's number. An digit game check number. Yeah. Yeah, I think you just need that number. You need to have it. All right. You know, you just need to know it. Right. Um, and uh, with the uh, not needing the temp tag thing. Is yeah, you have to physically be with the the animal, and you can only the way that it, it's right now. You can only transport it to your home or temporary lodging. So you would need to create some sort of tag if you were to take it to like a taxidermist or even a meat processor. And it's just proposed at the moment. This isn't a change yet. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're taking it to a taxidermist or a meat processor, you probably should have permanently game-checked it by then, I would imagine. Right, correct, yeah, yeah. 
Okay. Anything else you guys wanted to touch on on that before we move on? No, I'm good. Yeah, I don't think there's anything else. Okay. So, shed hunting. It's shed season. I'm sure there's already been guys getting out looking for sheds. I know we've seen some posts, people sharing their finds. Super exciting to find shed antlers. We typically, and I don't know, I guess I shouldn't speak for all of us. I typically try to wait until the brunt of winter is over instead of getting out there and pushing deer around, you know, in February when it can still be pretty tough time for deer. I try to wait or at least don't go into sort of those core areas, if you will, where you're going to be bumping deer around. That's not to say that I've not, you know, I just... I try, right? That, that's kind of a yeah. Let's, uh, let's yeah. rough guideline. Let's start with this topic of whether we think that there should actually be a shed hunting season, you know, a legal season, or if uh, we like the current system of there no, not being any real season. What do you guys think on that? I personally uh, don't. I don't think that because where you see those shed hunting seasons is typically out west um in some of the more i don't want to say arctic but where weather is a huge factor on the herd so you know, up in the mountains where they have feet upon feet upon feet of snow that's where you, a lot of times you see those type of seasons and the purpose of those is to prevent the pressure on the herds whether that's the elk herd the whitetail deer herd the mule deer herd uh during that hard time where they're trying not to freeze to death and there's no real food to eat to keep them warm i don't know that we really fit into that mold um where the weather is so bad i mean granted we are just coming off not too long ago a polar vortex where it's been the coldest it's been in who knows how long but generally we don't hit those super, super cold or super, super deep snow weather patterns generally. So I don't know. I mean, maybe if they wanted to put some loose regulations around it, but I don't know that it's necessary personally. I don't know. It's because we'll get into this later, but I think honestly, guys that are getting in the woods too early are doing nothing but hurting themselves. So, yeah, I, I would tend to agree at this point, at least I, it just seems it just seems like it would be a bigger hassle and and how do you police it and you know i don't i don't think it's necessary at this point what are your thoughts jeff i'm i'm going to play devil's advocate here you know i i don't think it's necessary at this point but i i will fight for the other side of this argument because i mean the popularity of shed hunting is getting is growing um, and it's it's getting pretty big, um, even for, you know, non-hunters to go out and shed hunt. Mm-hmm. And uh, not so much the impact it has on the deer herd, but those antlers are a valuable resource to other animals. You know, the squirrels, everything that you're upset is eating the antlers. You know, it's those antlers are a valuable resource to them and help them get through the winter. Sure. Um, so I, I do understand the other side of the argument. If they ever did have a shed hunting season, I would 
really hope that it would only be a public land thing, not a private land thing, because it's hard, you know, to get behind something that kind of takes away your liberties on your own property. Yeah. You know, if I want to chop down every tree on my property, I have the right to do that, but I don't have the right to pick up an antler that I find. Right. So I would really hope that it would only be a public land thing. And also, I mean, it does stress the deer a little bit. You know, uh, they, they need to really conserve energy this time of year. And if there's a bunch of people out in the woods jumping them, you know, that can, can hurt them you know, or scaring them away from food sources, you know, so that they're not eating, um, you know, that could be detrimental. But at this point, I think we don't need a uh, shed hunting season, you know, and if it, if it was like out west where a shed is, you know, a moose antler or an elk antler where it's a much larger uh, resource, um, you know, just in size, um, I can definitely understand why there's a season for that because there's a lot of food. You know, it's a big resource for the animals that use that as a source of calcium and protein. So yeah, so I guess from there, then, do we want to get into when do you guys typically get started shed hunting and then go into sort of what you're looking for? where you look, that kind of thing, where you have the most success. Yeah, that's fine with me. Yeah, so sounds good. you guys, Jake, I know you typically plan a weekend. You go down to our cabin, Southern Ohio, and, and look for sheds down there. It's kind of a, a family trip, right? When yeah, you, is yeah. That typically that's something that, uh, for me, that's typically done, I kind of, do it for like you said it's i do a lot i try to when you have kids in a family you have to try and lump things together so um i use it as like just a time to get my wife down to the cabin because she's not anti hunting cabin she's not a hunter but she isn't opposed to hunting obviously um so it's time to just get down with her originally and just hike the hills and walk around the woods and it just so happens that in the spring, I also use that as a turkey hunting kind of a scouting trip a <laughs> um, little bit because I'm in the woods, just kind of see what I can find because typically it, it's in the spring, obviously. So spring turkey season's right around the corner. So I kind of usually make that trip uh, sometime in the first two weeks of March, usually is my kind of ballpark because I like it to be warm enough to where it's not yeah. cold. You know, I don't want it to be cold, but I also want it to be before turkey season because my primary goal down there is to take my wife and kids down and just kind of walk around the woods so if it's turkey season that's a much more challenging thing because there's guys in the woods with guns yeah so i just i typically do the first two weeks of march to the best that i can i mean work schedule and family schedule just kind of wherever it falls it falls but i typically think the best time i would say at least in our area northeast ohio i would say is probably i wouldn't if you start before february 15th or the middle of february i would say you're kind of a little early not that you're not going to find shed there's antlers on the ground right now but 
um, kind of the golden rule that I've read or heard is your goal is you want to wait until at least 50% of your bucks have shed before you go into the woods to look for the antlers. And that's so you're not putting pressure on the deer for one. And two, if the antlers are still attached to the deer, you're never going to find them. So, yeah. um, it can, you can get discouraged very, very quickly if you're looking for antlers that are still attached to the deer's head. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, the only way to know that is to run cameras and kind of have history with your property. Right. I mean, if right. you're, if you're going out on public land or something where, or, or an area where you're not running cameras, I think generally beginning in March is your. Yeah, I would say safe. March. I would say March first would be. No, I mean, with public land, you're kind of everyone wants to go early because you're racing the other guys, right? Yeah. Um, you know, everyone wants to get to the antlers first. The problem with that is if you're pushing deer, jumping deer that still have antlers attached to their head, you're pushing them out of their core area, and you're going to push them off the land that you're hunting anyhow. Um, right. deer don't take well to pressure at this time of year. They've dealt with a lot of pressure for the last three months when there's guys in the woods with, whether it be bows or guns or whatever. So by this time of year, they're pretty fed up with any human intrusion. So if you're walking through the woods, you're going to push the deer off your property. And then when it comes time, when the antlers are actually hitting the ground, they're going to be dropping on your neighbor. So I would say probably wait. At least till March 1st, if you can. It's hard. I mean, I get it. It's hard. I've I've been debating right now whether or not I want to go out to the farm out um, on the east part of the state just to drive the fields um, to see if there's anything. But I'm fighting the urge so far. So, yeah, it's uh, I mean, because if you wait too long, right, if it's if it's a property that like public land or a property that other people use, other people might find them. And then, you know, like Jeff mentioned, you've got all the critters that the squirrels and the mice and things that chew on them. And if you're wanting to find pristine antlers, you know, it depends on the, I'll call rodent population in the area. But, you know, you might need to find them within a day or two of them dropping if you want them in perfect condition, if you will. Right. Like the squirrels get on pretty quick in in a lot of areas. And I know that. But, uh. Yeah, so what do you guys, when you go out shed hunting, Jake, you mentioned driving the fields and stuff. What are you guys, what kind of terrain or, or habitat are you guys looking for to find sheds? Where do you find the most sheds? Well, I find the most sheds in the middle of fields, um, but I think that's more of a uh, ease of spotting. I have a really good habit of finding sheds in fields while driving down the road, like down the highway and uh, really yeah yeah i'm pretty good at it and then i get to see how long they stay there before something comes and gets them when i'm actually in the woods i'm not very good at finding sheds um but the ones i have found that weren't just in fields uh were typically at some sort of crossing where the deer are jumping a fence jumping a creek jumping Mm. a log um or just kind of walking on some some uneven terrain. Um, that seems to really jar them loose. So those are my hot spots. So I'm, Jake, I want your input too, because I consider myself a, uh, 
uh, pretty below average shed hunter. I I can say I think I've only ever found two shed antlers in my time, and both of those I basically stepped on before I ever saw them. So, but funny story about those two antlers you basically stepped on before you saw them. They happen to be from the same deer. Well, we don't know that we for think. a fact. There's we an think. interesting story with that, and I'll I'll probably take pictures of those antlers and use them as the image for this episode or something because they are two antlers that I found I think two years apart but I found them within I don't know would you say 150 yards of one another and probably yeah they are at first glance if you didn't know they were found two years apart you would bet money that they are a matched set but i found them two years apart and so i don't know if it's the same deer or you know offspring of one deer versus another i don't know but they have almost identical characteristics left side to right side but i found them two years apart from each other so yeah well you found at least three then, because I know you found one we were turkey hunting that one year too, but you stepped on that one too. Up on top of the hill. In the field. That's what I'm talking about. Where'd you find the one this last year? It was in the creek, I thought. Well, I guess that's a fire yeah, hunter. Just, You're just right. down I thought below. You found two in the, I thought you found two in the creek. Two no, I years. found one. Yeah, one in the creek this year, which is, you know, maybe right. it's 200 yards, we'll say, but it's within the same like area right it could have very yeah, easily been the same, same deer. deer yeah very easily yes yes but i just found I mean, them two years apart if it wasn't hill country and woods it'd be shooting distance from each other right yeah i didn't realize that so, i thought they were both on the same side of the road i digress um those my, are my two antlers so i'm relying on you guys so jake right. where, where do you find antlers i find antlers in the fields, which is pretty common. Um, and again, I kind of agree with what Jeff said. That's for two reasons. One, um, you can see a long way in the field, so they're easier to spot. Yeah. And two, when it gets to be late season, food becomes pretty hard to come by. So the deer pour out into the fields to catch any spilt grain uh, for a long time. And it's a big field, so there's spilt grain typically throughout the entire field. So by late season or when deer are shedding their antlers, a lot of times they've already eaten all the feed around the woodlot, like the lines, the edges. The edges, yeah. And they're working their way closer to the middle of the field to get whether it's spilt, you know, whatever it is, corn, beans, whatever. So fields is always a good place to look if you have access to farmland. Um, you know, I just drive a gator atv utv whatever um real slow through the fields um so that's probably the easiest place to shed hunt you can cover a lot of ground uh relatively quickly which is kind of an oxymoron when it comes to shed hunting because my first tip is you have to go very very slow yeah um most guys i mean you most guys walk through the woods too fast. Um, you have to look 
uh, your eyes are when you're a hunter typically your eyes are looking for movement um to see you know deer or any type of game you're looking for some sort of a movement shed antlers don't move so you really yeah. got to pick apart the ground um you really got to take time look at everything and look for the white i mean they're white typically or some shade of brownish to white um you know if the tines happen to be sticking up it's a little easier if they're sticking down towards the ground a lot of times they just look like a branch with you know a tree down with branches and the sticks are pointing down in the ground so it's hard to pick up on it but yeah um, the, the other thing i've heard is like you people that are good at this right you kind of get an eye for it right you sort of train your eye to look for those type of shapes and and you you find one and then it then you start finding them right like you've got right. your eye kind of conditioned to look for that that color that shape you know you just kind of i don't know you get a knack for it if you will yeah the other thing it's not really a place per se but more of a time you obviously want to try and wait which kind of goes with the season thing but um wait till the snow's melted because snow is white and so are antlers uh so they're hard to see in the snow unless they're sitting on top of the snow which it just kind of you'd have to catch it right when it falls for that to happen um but generally you want to get out as soon as the snow is melted for the most part and before any type of green up because as the green starts to come up it swallows up the antlers pretty quick um to where visibility starts to go down right in general Another place that I've found them is, I mean, if you know where your bucks are bedding, that's a good place to look because it's a numbers game at that point. Kind of want to find the places that the bucks are the most throughout the day because there's no real, I mean, there's, we can get into biologically why deer shed their antlers, but um, the buck doesn't know necessarily, you know, like today I'm going to shed my antlers, so I'm going to walk over here and do that. That's not how that works. (laughs) Um, so if you can find the time, you know, you pretty much need to know to the best of your ability where the bucks spend the most time and you're going to have the best chance of finding the antlers there. Uh, I found them in beds before I've found them on travel corridors, obviously, like Jeff said, anywhere that they can jar them loose, uh, because the way it works, it doesn't happen overnight. It starts to kind of loosen up and. Um, so like jumping fences, jumping creeks, that kind of stuff can jar the antler loose. So a lot of times you'll find them in creeks, Jason, you found yours in a creek, whether that was it shed in the creek or whether it ran in the creek because of rain, it's hard to say, but, um, so I've, I found them near creeks, near fences, um, in beds. And then I've also found them next to trees, but I think that was primarily because a squirrel drug it there so that was not a pristine antler that was an antler that had been chewed on and i think the squirrel had drug it to its tree and it was just sitting down at the base of the tree um you know whether it was that wasn't a large antler it was a smaller antler that i think the squirrel was able to move around but yeah and then the other kind of the global thing if you research anything about shed antlers 
Um, you know, they tell you to search the places where the slopes or the side of the hills that the sun hits first in the morning and last in the evening kind of thing. Um, right, like your south facing slopes. Correct. Yeah, your south facing slopes. And the reason for that is a lot of times the deer are bedding in those areas this time of year because it's cold. So they're going to try and catch as much of the sun as they can. So they tend to bed on those slopes. So again, the deer are spending more time in that area. So you have a higher probability that the antlers are going to cast off while the deer is in that place. Yeah. All right. I don't know where else to go from that. I mean, I think we covered a lot there as far as where to find them. Jeff, do you were going to say something? Yeah, yeah. Another thing that we should probably get into is uh, the thing of antler traps. Um, oh, you, you really don't want to make antler traps, especially the common variety, which is, you know, some T posts with fencing put around them and then corn in the middle, which the idea is to, you know, catch an antler, you know, as it's getting loose and, uh, you know, cause it to come off. All right. Um, I think you typically put the... I've seen two of them, right? You kind of you kind of form like a U-shaped area where inside of that U, you would put a pile of corn. And like you said, the idea when they bend their head down to get at the corn, it gets hung up in that that fencing. Right. Or the other thing I've seen is it's just in a straight line and you put the corn right like on either side of that fence, right along the bottom of that fence to where as they're trying to get into that kind of 90 degree angle that the fence forms with the ground, right? They're, they're, I, the right. thought is, right? They're bumping their antlers against that fencing and, and kind of forcing them to, to come off there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a really bad idea. Um, because one, uh, the deer can get their antlers trapped in that fencing. Um, and the deer becomes trapped. You know, the antler is not ready to come off. The deer becomes trapped. And if a person doesn't come by and realize and free it, you know, a coyote could come by while, you know, a wild dog or a dog that, you know, can come by and chow on it. Yeah. Um, even, even hawks, you know, will start to eat on a trapped deer you know, start to pick at the soft bits, you know, if they know that the deer's trapped. Um, so it's a bad idea for that reason. It's also a bad idea because it can force the antler to come off too early before it's ready. And the real risk with that is uh, you can, with the antler, a piece of the pedicle, which is a part of the deer's skull, um, can come off with the the antler and that can lead to infection you know bacteria can get in there can cause infection that could potentially kill the deer at the very you know the best case scenario what you have there is probably a deer that is going to have deformed antlers uh, the next year and most likely the rest of its life if you know, an antler is forced off with a piece of the pedicle. Right. So it's it's not a good idea. Um, if you want to create some sort of antler trap thing, 
um, well, first off, I would just recommend baiting through the, you know, antler shedding period. Get yourself some monster whitetail grub. There you go. Because, you know, I mean, uh, when when I had the monster whitetail grub out, I had deer staying in one spot for hours at a time. I mean, all night. So if a buck's spending a disproportionate amount of time like that on your property, you're increasing your odds that he's going to shed his antlers on your property. Right. And um, at this point, you don't care if it's a night, right? Like, right, right. Yeah, you don't care. Um, and if you, if you really got to try to increase, you know, the uh, odds of an antler falling off, you know, you could put it next to some, some brush, you know, some branches, I mean, because if an antler's ready to come off, you know, just a tiny little bump will knock it off. Right. You know, so you you could, you know, put it next to some branches or, um, you know, just next to a tree where, you know, the because if the buck, you know, bumps the antler and it's ready to come off, it'll come off. So if you if you really have the urge or you really want to create something like that, I would recommend just baiting and then maybe use a you know some sort of natural thing to bump the antlers instead of something that actually is gonna grab onto the antler and not really let go as easy, so that you're not harming the deer. Yeah, I think that's all good advice there. So is there anything else we wanted to cover on? Oh. Weather conditions. That was one thing I wanted to talk about because, again, I'm a uh, below <laughs> below average shed hunter. But I find like on bright sunny days, you think, oh, great, it's a great day, sunny day, it's warm, I'm gonna go out. But on bright sunny days, I really struggle with like all the little shadows that are cast from all the sticks and limbs and things that are in the woods. Like bright sunny days are they're maybe good for out in the fields, but in the woods. Like, I have a hard time picking them out with all the extra sort of shadowing and things that goes on. I don't know. If, do you guys notice that at all? Or Yeah, um, absolutely. The best time for me, and um, I mean, I don't know. I don't I think I'm an expert, but I do a fair amount of shed hunting. Um, but it, I actually like the overcast rainy days. A wet deer antler kind of shines a little bit. Um, it kind of it gets glossy almost, so it kind of sticks out from like the kind of drab brown beat down forest floor. Um, so I like the overcast, kind of just after the rain has stopped, everything is wet. That's when I tend to have the best luck in the woods, you know, in the timber, because like I said, they kind of they almost get a sheen to them or a shine. And then also you don't have to worry about looking into the sun. Um, yeah. On a bright sunny day, you're kind of restricted to only be looking one direction, whichever direction the sun isn't right in your face. Because looking into the sun for antlers is next to impossible. Because you, I mean, the sun is blinding you and then you're trying to pick out, they're not easy to spot at times. So you're trying to really focus and you end up just burning your retinas. Yeah, I yeah. I tend to have, uh, kind of the opposite effect with uh, the rain. I find that the rain makes a lot more things look like antlers that aren't because 
you know, antler kind of naturally has a little bit of a shine to it where that sticks and stuff don't. But if it's been rained on, you know, sticks kind of, especially like uh, pine, like, you know, twigs from pine trees um, that already kind of have that antler shape and color to them when they get wet, get that shine to them. And that makes it hard on me, especially when I'm looking, you know, around pine trees. Do so. you guys use binoculars at all when you're shed hunting? I never have. Not that I'm against it. I mean, if you have a field to look over and you don't have the ability to just drive the entire field, I'm sure it's a great idea um, to sit on the edge. You know, if you're sitting on the edge of a field and you want to kind of glance throughout the entire field real slow. Uh, binoculars other, would be a thing great I've heard, tool. Yeah, I've I've used them to save my legs because there's a lot of things in the woods that it's like you know what's that way over there? You know that looks like an antler, but instead of walking over there, I can look at it through a binocular and decide if I want to go over there or not. Yeah, yeah, that's that's been my experience. It's like I can with the naked eye, it's like uh, I don't know, you know, I'd have to walk over there and see, but you can throw a pair of binoculars up and tell like, yeah, I should probably go over there or no, that's nothing. It looked like something at first, but now that I got the binoculars on it, it's nothing. So, all right. Anything else we want to cover on shed hunting before we shut it off? Uh, the only other note I had was there's some evidence as to why some deer may shed earlier in the year. You know, so if you hear, you know, listen to our episode here and we're going to say, don't start till March 1st. And then someone's going to say, oh, my deer shed in December. Yes, there are white-tailed deer that shed as early as probably the beginning of December. Um, a lot of times that is associated with either injury or poor nutrition. Um, if the deer doesn't have good nutrition and it's sick, it will shed its antlers earlier or if it has an injury. So a buck that was shot during bow season, non-lethal hit, is going to shed its antlers the majority of the time much earlier. Um, and that's biologically, I don't know all the science behind it. Um, when a deer sheds its antlers, it has to do with testosterone levels, which is the same thing as to why deer's antlers harden. It's all testosterone levels. So... Typically, if a deer is injured or wounded or sick from lack of nutrition or whatever the case may be, um, the body doesn't put the energy into creating high testosterone levels because that deer is just trying to survive, not trying to mate or spar or whatever the case may be. Um, it's kind of body goes into survival mode, so it brings the energy away from holding those antlers so to speak and puts it more for lack of a better term centrally so that it can survive um you know keep the vital organs operating which antlers are not vital to a deer's survival uh another good tip i have is yeah a lot kind of along the same line is try to find out when the deer are shedding in your area and go out then run trail cameras to try to find out when they're shedding. Um, Cause I know as a kid, you know, I'd read in outdoor life and stuff about, you know, when the perfect shed hunting time was and, you know, going out in late February, early March, 
And as a kid, I never found any sheds. Well, once I got older and was running trail cameras, I discovered that the deer in that area really weren't shedding till late to or mid to late March. So I was looking for antlers that were still on the deer. Yeah. So you got to kind of, you know, try to figure out when they're shedding because you'll get pretty frustrated if you're out there looking for antlers when they're all still on the deer. Last year for me was a, the deer that I had in most of my areas held on to their antlers a extremely long time. You know, this year they seem to be shedding early. Last year they seemed to hold them very late. You know, I have trail camera pictures into, you know, the first week to second week of April of deer still holding their antlers. Wow. So. All right. Well, I think this has been good. We covered a lot of, a lot of good stuff. Hopefully I can, uh, up my average this year and become maybe a average shed hunter instead of a below average shed hunter and uh, actually find some antlers this year. So with that, I think we're going to, we're going to go ahead and sign off. So as always, we want to thank everybody for listening and, and all the support we've been getting. It's uh, it's really fun. It's been, we've been enjoying it. So hit us up on Facebook. We're Ohio Huntsman on Facebook. We're Ohio Huntsman Podcast on Instagram. And you can subscribe to our newsletter. I'll put a link to that in our show notes. I'll put a link to all of our social pages in the show notes. And the other thing we didn't mention is we are recording this on Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day. And hopefully you all treated your significant others a little better than we did. Because instead of spending the evening with our our wives, we are recording a podcast. So Hopefully you all are uh, better husbands and wives than we are. (laughs) I also want to throw in one other little helpful tip. Um, Nine months from now, you want to be in a tree stand. So plan your night accordingly. (laughs) I know this will be late, but, you know, maybe next year, plan your night accordingly. Great advice. Great advice. My birthday is on November 20th. So, you know. Yeah, maybe that's what happened. Uh, my yeah, my wife's birthday is she was definitely a Valentine's baby. So <laughs> and it's hard on me because I'm hunting on her birthday almost every year. Yeah. Yep. So keep it in mind. And uh, with that, thanks for listening. <laughs>